25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. What up? How y'all are? <laughs> Welcome in. Live from the great state of Alabama. It's what has always kind of sort of been home to me, although I've lived in the state of Mississippi longer than I did Alabama, now that I'm adding it all up. But it still feels like home. It's where my mom lives, my dad lives, my grandparents lives, where I grew up, all that kind of stuff. That's where I am. Thanks for tuning in today on this uh, Wednesday. Earlier, I couldn't remember what day it is, but it is Wednesday. And I am Matt, and the Farm Bureau studio is on location. We moved it east. We moved it east a couple hours over here to Hoover, Alabama. Right now, broadcasting inside the Hoover Met Stadium, you've got game one of day two of the SEC baseball tournament. It's Georgia, Texas A&M, and uh, 0-0 score right now. Uh, Georgia's still looking to put a hit on the board. We're in the second inning. Uh, two hits in that first inning for A&M, but did not plate a run, but they're getting close to it here with two outs, got a man in scoring position. So, as we connect with you and talk to you here today, live from uh, the SEC Baseball Tournament, there are a couple things uh, that you need to know. Number one, Ole Miss won yesterday. Going to recap it for you coming up. You'll hear from Mike Bianco, players, Ryan Olenek, Dillard, those guys. And they're moving on. They'll face Arkansas a little later today. And last night, LSU eliminated South Carolina late. LSU won the game, the last game of the day, and have moved on, and they're going to face Mississippi State tonight in front of a huge crowd. And in that number of people here that will take part in the anticipation leading up to tonight's game and the actual game itself, my friend, who you are hearing, about to anyway, here on the show for the first time on the show in the Farm Bureau studio, my friend, the voice of the West Jones Mustangs, Caleb Hamill. Caleb, what up, man? Man, Matt, it's good to be here. Good to be back in Hoover and big-time baseball. Yeah. Some of the best baseball that you can find yeah. anywhere in the country as far as back-to-back-to-back great action. Maybe next to Omaha. Some people even think this is yeah. a better experience than <laughs> Omaha can be as far as the level of baseball you get. Well, you know, look, I mean, that's it. The, the discussion this year, Caleb, like I heard a um, – or overheard a conversation that uh, Larry Templeton – the former Mississippi State AD, he was on the NCAA baseball committee. We all know who Larry is. And I think it was on the radio, maybe with Jim Ellis during a broadcast last week, talking about how, you know, you're going to have up to four teams from the SEC that right now qualify and are certainly um, uh, candidates for a top eight national seed. But he said the thing is, it, the rest of the country not really going to be crazy about giving four of the eight national seeds to teams from one conference. It just kind of shows you how if you look across the spectrum of college baseball, 
the SEC really is on top. If you look at yesterday in particular, we had a first in the SEC tournament. You had all of the higher-seeded teams won in the single elimination round on Tuesday. Is how that about right? How about all be SEC West teams, too? Okay. Think about that. I Ole, didn't pick up on that. Yeah, Ole Miss, LSU, Auburn, and uh, A&M, yesterday, A&M morning. yesterday morning. So A&M beat Florida. You know, that was a crazy game. So yesterday in that first game, A&M was up, I think, like 2 nothing, 3 nothing, something like that. Next thing you know, Florida, Florida ties, ties it. it. Um, um, getting an echo, getting an echo all, all of a sudden, Roger. Roger. Uh, Florida ties it 2-2. No, 3-3. And then they're up 5-3. Florida goes up 5-3 in the eighth inning. I stopped watching it. That was right at the kind of the end of my show yesterday. I stopped watching. I just assumed, well, Florida's going to win it. No, it wound up like eight to seven in ten innings somehow. So there were a lot of fireworks late in that one. How about that? So all the Western Division teams who were the higher-seeded teams won yesterday. That's really cool. I didn't think about that. Right now we are in the bottom of the second inning here of game one on day two. Confused? It's it's Texas A&M and Georgia, and Georgia's batting here in the bottom of the second. Georgia, one of those teams that was a a top-four seed, so they got the – uh, buy in the first round and move on to uh, host Texas Texas A&M playing good baseball. They took two out of three from Arkansas last weekend. And something you and I talked about before we came on was they did that without Asa Lacey starting in their Saturday or, you know, their middle game of that series. And he didn't play at all, yeah. to my knowledge, during that series. So one of their studs, and he was the guy that was on the mound to beat State in the regular season, did not play, and they come through and get two out of three wins over the Razorbacks, and they're playing their best ball right now. Yeah. They really are. You know, and Georgia's a team that is interesting. It's like, you know, Georgia baseball this year living up to what everybody has always thought they could be because of where they're located and their recruiting base and the fact that they have the the whole Georgia lottery thing that kind of allows them to, you know, basically have more baseball scholarships than the 11.7 that everybody else is allowed. <laughs> so, um, you know, they're a really good baseball team this year. State handled them, though. Yeah, and I tell you – it's odd for you know some of us that that was our only exposure to Georgia through the year to say, man, how are they yeah. you know, ranked higher than state in the SEC rankings? That was probably their worst weekend of baseball this season yeah, when really they came was. into Starkville. It really was. So it, it's really hard to get a grasp as to who they truly are for guys like you and me who have only watched them in Starkville. Mm-hmm. And seeing them as they progress through the season, you start to recognize, okay, that was just an uncharacteristic weekend. Right. And as people say – that's just baseball. <laughs> That's baseball. Crazy things do happen throughout the year. You know, it's an interesting rematch tonight for State. We're going to preview it later if you're tuning in. Kind of look at tonight's game, Mississippi State-LSU. LSU uh, beat South Carolina last night. LSU was down 5-1 to one in that game, came back and won it. Had a little flurry at the plate. And South Carolina, like they have all year long, they just ran into pitching trouble. You know, they just didn't have the depth. Um that sort of thing. So LSU took advantage. So it would be a big crowd tonight for that one. And interesting because LSU won the series in Starkville. You know, State won that first game of that series. Then LSU back-ended it, beat JT again, kind of hit him around the park. First time all year that somebody hit JT again. And then they went and won the Sunday game, took two out of three from State. And so, you know, um, it, there's obviously, you know, motivation both ways. I did, and we'll hear that too. Matter of fact, uh, let's listen to that right now. This is um, – Last night after LSU beat South Carolina, this is Josh Smith. He's the shortstop and the leadoff hitter for LSU. 
he had an early solo home run in that game, put LSU up one yeah, on the second pitch of the game yeah, for him. Yeah, that crushed it. And uh, had some big uh, runs that he scored late in the game, too. He's really good out there at shortstop. One of their team leaders, their leadoff hitter. You know, and you hear him kind of illustrate what their thinking is and what their motivation is and that kind of thing. They want to host, and they feel like making a run here. They're in that, that bubble area of hosting. We're making a run here in, in Hoover definitely improves their hosting chances. Uh, they're not out of it. And here's what he said after that game last night, an interview with the SEC Network. Gosh, he had a bomb to start the game. What was the feeling heading into today? Uh, I mean, we just we knew coming here we had to get a win today. Um, if we want any shot of hosting, uh, in Louisiana trying to host a regional is pretty pretty exciting, so we're playing for that right now. And uh, it's fun to come out here and get to compete against these guys. Some pitchers really did well today, and some hitters stepped up. So. That second inning, which was about 10 hours ago, a bunch of fluky things. How are you guys able to kind of regroup and get past that? Yeah, um, that's just that's a game. Uh, I think they scored five. Yeah, five, I think. Um, it's crazy, but uh, Devin came in, helped us out, gave us some momentum, and then uh, Cade, freshman, Cade Beloso stepped up with a big hit for us. So. As I'm watching you guys, you're still laughing and dancing over in the dugout. What does that say about the mentality of you guys? I mean, this is this is what we grew up. We grew up dreaming about playing in this tournament, and uh, I know I missed last year, so uh, to get back here was pretty exciting for me and just having fun. Uh, all the guys are playing well, so it's it's exciting. So Appreciate it. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. Have a good one. That was Josh Smith, the LSU shortstop, after uh, last night's game. Yeah, um, you know, you heard two things in there, two different things. One, yeah, we want to win here because we want to host. We're trying to get in a position to host. I mean, that's a heck of a motivation for a team like LSU. State is is different in that regard. They're going to host. They know it. We know it. Everybody knows it. State's going to be a national seat. They know it. We know it. Everybody knows it. So the motivation is different. But there, that also means there's not pressure. State's not playing with any pressure. You know, in some ways, maybe LSU could feel like they are. Um, so it's something to keep an eye on. Now, the other thing is uh, that, that he mentioned, uh, he um, said that he grew up dreaming about playing in this event. So you think about that for kids around the southeast and these that, that grow up, and then they you know, grow up in an SEC state, they're a big baseball fan. Maybe they come here as a kid and watch it, maybe as a high schooler. Now they're on the team and they get to play in this. And it's just really, um, I think, telling. Everybody talks about what is the importance of this event, right? Well, look, there's the starting shortstop for um, LSU telling you, I grew up dreaming about playing in this event. It's very important to the players. It's a big heart thing for sure, and I, I can think back to my first time being here in 2005 watching Mississippi State and Ole Miss play for the championship. I was astounded at how many kids were lining these berms out in left field and right field in the foul ground areas, just tossing baseballs and yeah, begging right. players for foul balls whenever they're over there nearby. I'm telling you, it is a scrummage, You're just people running over each other trying to get them whenever they go over but yeah it's a family environment and when you build so many memories at a place like this you dream to one day be a, be a part of somebody else's memories right at this venue and, and i think it's such a a great atmosphere that you get here that you rarely get anywhere else besides your own home field uh-huh. uh, and honestly for an lsu guy like he is it's practically a home game for him too sure and sure. So you just get baton rouge east yeah, that's exactly right. Now, let's get to the second game uh, yesterday. It was Missouri versus Ole Miss. Uh, I got here in time to see kind of the 
I don't know what, the fifth or so inning on, watch the, you know, from middle of the game on. And it was a tight game, you know, two to one final. Here are some of the calls. It's what it sounded like on the radio if you didn't hear it, or even if you did, you know what I'm talking about. David Kellum from Learfield IMG on the call. A few of the highlights from Ole Miss's win in the first round, first day of the SEC tournament over Missouri. 3-1 to Dillard. Swung on, line drive, base hit to left, and we're tied at one. Dillard might get two. It goes all the way to the wall. Brumfield will pick it up off the hop and throw it in, but Dillard with a stand-up RBI double, and it's one-to-one. Swung on, line drive, base hit to center field. Dillard scores easily. Keenan moves to second, and the Rebels take a two-to-one lead. Zebo's got two hits. Full count pitch. Swung on, fly ball, center field. Not real deep. Olenek running in. Still coming in. Calling for it and makes the catch at the last moment. Now throws to first, and it's going to be a double play or not. They haven't ruled yet. Second base umpire. Second base umpire down the line said he is out. Winner moves on to take on Arkansas tomorrow. Loser's season is done. Our season's done. The tournament is done. 2-2 to Broyles, the pitch. Strike three called. He got him looking on the outer edge, and Ryan Olenek does it again. Gets his second save, and Ole Miss moves into the double elimination round. 2-1, the final score, Rebels. Uh, Those calls from David Kellum and uh, the Ole Miss Network from Learfield IMG yesterday on the radio. Now, post-game stuff. Here is a little bit of Mike Bianco in the official SEC post-game that you can find on uh, uh, the SEC website. You're also going to hear from Thomas Dillard in his interview in the postgame with Keith Kessinger on their radio broadcast at Ole Miss. And then finally, the star who interviewed with the SEC Network, Ryan Olenek. Here they are, Rebels after the win. Just, uh, you know, I thought a, a, a tremendous college baseball game. And, um, you know, we, all, we, we said so much this year to our team, you know, it takes all kinds. And, you know, certainly today was one of those pitching and defensive type games. And, um, you know, uh, not a better guy, you know, for us on the mound, you know, than Will Etheridge, you know, to, to you know, pitch in that type of game. And uh, I said it to the team, and, and um, you know, we've said it for a while that, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that get a lot of credit, you know, from from our team, but probably the guy that uh, is least talked about and deserves as much credit as anybody uh, for for our season is is Will. You know, he's just been tremendous on Friday, and you know, deserves a better record. Uh, but besides his record, if you look at the the rest of his statistics, he's been tremendous. And you know, today was just another, you know, I think chapter in you know this year of how well he's really pitched. And you know, of course, a couple of timely hits. Uh, you know, by us, and then of course Ryan, uh, you know, just shows you what kind of a competitor he is. Uh, you know, our local beat writers have seen him now for four years, and he's just he's terrific. You know, on the on the big stage and the big moments, you know, there he's terrific. A little action with Thomas Dillard. I there. do, I do have TD with me, and Thomas. These elimination games, man, there's just a little bit different feel to it. Nice to be able to survive and get to play another day. Yeah, you know, it is a two-to-one game is a little weird one for us, but, you know, you got to win all kinds. Uh, had to have a big performance out of a, a big performance out of our horse today with Etheridge, and he came out there and did it, and T-Mine only shut it down. So big big time by the pitchers today, huge. It looked like, the, the, you know, we, you've gone to that leadoff spot, and, and, and we talk about in the booth, and sometimes it, it's nothing more than just something different that can help you. You've certainly swung it really well since you've been in the one hole. What do you think of that move? Right. You know, I think it's taken a lot of pressure off of me. I think in the four hole I've been, uh, you know, trying to press too much and be the guy that has to hit home runs and drive people in. Uh, but, you know, leading off, I just need to get on. Uh, we have, 
you know, some of the best hitters in the country behind me. So if I can get a single, double, walk, anything to get on, that's what I'm going to do to uh, let them hit me in. Ryan, you got a really crazy last few weeks. How's this feel today? It's awesome, man. It's awesome to get a win here. You know, uh, big day for us. Uh, just keep it rolling. So you got a new job. And are you familiar with Mad Al Halbrowski, the, the Mad Hungarian here? I'm not, no. I, it's a dark place. I don't, I don't, I don't really like to go there very often, but it seems it only happen on a baseball field. So. And what do you, what's the self-talk going on? You're kind of getting after yourself. Uh, yeah, just try to uh, just try to motivation, you know, just attack, attack, attack is, is pretty much what you got to do. You know, I, we got a great defense, and I trust every single one of those guys. So I just know if I fill it up, throw it in the strike zone, they're going to make a play for me. Now, you guys had a wild postseason last year. What's this time of year mean to you as a senior? in this club I mean it means everything to everyone you know it's uh it's what you play for so uh it's really important to us you know just win every pitch and, and not look too far ahead because uh you know you get a little carried away and then you know uh you sleep and and the team comes up and beats you so we just try to win every pitch and uh just focus on the small things you know nice job today keep it rolling shit that man thank you all right, that was postgame after Ole Miss won two to one yesterday over Missouri you heard from Mike Bianco in the SEC postgame you then heard from Thomas Dillard on the postgame with Keith Kessinger from Learfield IMG, and then followed by Ryan Olenek in his interview with the uh, SEC Network. Um, so what's next is um, you've got game one going on between Texas A&M and Georgia, and then that will be followed by Arkansas Ole Miss. The thing about that is we all remember Ole Miss kind of got it going at one point there midseason when they took a trip up to Fayetteville and nobody saw it coming, but they back-ended that series and took two out of three from Arkansas in Fayetteville. That was a heck of a series win the last time they played. I think it definitely shocked a lot of people. Yeah. Especially when you get to the later part of the season, you look back and say, well, State sweeps Ole Miss, yet Ole Miss takes two from Arkansas, and Arkansas sweeps State. Yeah. You get one of those triangles, the Bermuda Triangles of baseball. It happens <laughs> in football, too, all the sports. But mm-hmm. I-, I tell you, these – Baseball is just one of those sports. You yeah. never know who's going to show up, who's going to step up. Yeah. And for Ole Miss, they had the formula. It's all about when you're hot, isn't it? It is. It, for for any team. Um, and, I mean, there is obviously the element of consistency. It's like getting hot and staying that way the longest. But Well, I'll tell you who's going to be hot in that game. Both teams during that time frame of yeah. Hoover Metropolitan Stadium, it is the – one of the hottest parts of the day. And yeah, this stadium will kind of keep in some of that heat. No doubt. I mean, like right now, it's brutal out there. Okay? it's a, You know, and, and the thing about it is, by the time you get to about 5 p.m. this afternoon, the entire grandstand is going to almost be shaded, except maybe just right out here down the right field line because it starts get, the sun starts getting behind you over in the west. It really cooled off last night. Oh, yeah. You know, state fans are really fortunate. You come out here at 8 o'clock tonight against LSU – I mean, it's just – it's just – it's not even hot at all. It's not even really humid. It was great last night. Hey, um, if you're just tuning in, let me tell you real quick. You're hearing another voice. That's my friend Caleb Hamill. And Caleb is a young, up-and-coming play-by-play announcer. And I need to get the uh, – I need to get the, the highlights. I meant to do that. I'll see if I can go find them. But recently, Caleb uh, was on the call on the radio for the state championship – for the West Jones Mustangs baseball team. They did win the state title. 4A, 5A? 5A. 5A state championship. They're the only South team in MHSAA to win the state championship this year in baseball. Yeah. Now, and Caleb, you're in your 20s. You're, you're still a young guy, just kind of getting started. When did you kind of decide you wanted to get into 
you know, play-by-play broadcasting, basketball, football, baseball. I've always loved listening to guys like Jack Crystal and Jim Ellis growing up, and it's been a great story to me that guys miles away can use their words so well to where people, especially Jack, could paint the picture of what the ball game was, and folks listening on their radios in their cars, on their tractors, sitting at home by yeah. their, you know, in their recliners, they could tell exactly what was going on and get the image. And for me, when I really started trying to develop that trade was my brother is younger than I am and more athletic than I am. Yeah. And when we grew up in Brookhaven, Mississippi, we had a neighborhood of a lot of kids around the same age love playing baseball during the summer. We'd pull out the tennis balls and just start yeah. hitting home runs over the road out in front yeah. of our house. Yeah. Well, they start arguing balls and strikes with one another and <laughs> who's safe at first, no, he was out. And I decided – well, I can be the, the older brother that's kind of the mediator, the peacemaker. Okay. Yeah. But instead of just being out there as an umpire, I said, you know what? Got my karaoke machine and a <laughs> card table set up behind home plate with my speakers facing the field, and I called the game like a Jim Ellis or oh, any fantastic. other commentator would and say there's a ball outside, <laughs> strike on the inner corner. That is fantastic. And Caleb, all that stuff. So, so you were doing play-by-play for the pickup games – for your your brother and and his friends and your friends in the neighborhood, probably about the kids. age of ten. <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, it's a great way to start. Well, yeah, no better way to try to do that yeah. than a, a friend uh, you are probably friends with. Uh, I got to know him by living in Madison later in life. JT Williamson. Oh yeah, JT gave me a start doing road games for MRA when they would play up in the northern half of Mississippi, and that's what really got my good start. Yeah, how about that? That's cool. Hey, um, so Caleb and I were sitting up here in the press box at uh, the Hoover Met. It's day two of the SEC baseball tournament. We're on the air with you here in the Farm Bureau studio, which is on location. Moose Dog, I'm going to get to your texts next. Y'all text me, and you can call the Divinity Equipment phone. I'll give you the number next if you don't have it. As we're with you live from the SEC baseball tournament in Hoover. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. He got me. Again. Dadgummit. Roger, it's like, you know that, uh, that Rick Astley song. Where did Bart go? He just walked off. Dog Whistler gone. got him. Yeah, the, he's like the, you when they, uh, you know, never gonna give you up. And every you hear that song, they say you've been Rick rolled. Yeah, and I've been whistled. Every time you do that, I feel like I've been whistled. I didn't see it coming. Yeah, get ready because Vanderbilt's gonna be here this afternoon, Roger. That thing messes up the equipment. Did you hear how it mushes everything down when I play it? All of a sudden, all it, it mutes everything. Yeah. Some, something about that frequency, man. It, it, it freaks everybody out. That's exactly what it does. Um, yeah. No, I, when you heard me say Bart a minute ago, um, he was uh, – Bart Gregory was up here in the booth. He's at the SEC tournament, and he was just kind of walking through a minute ago. And I w- was frantically, before I came back and, and are talking to you here, Roger, I was frantically trying to get a microphone hooked up so that I could interview Bart. And as soon as I got it hooked up, he walked off. 
<laughs> he went down the stairs, so I don't have him. But I do have, uh, as you heard earlier, uh, my friend Caleb Hamill, who uh, is an up-and-coming broadcaster. He's into the play-by-play gig. He um, play-by-play voice for West Jones. Did you do – I know you did baseball for West Jones. Did you do other sports as well? I did baseball. And, honestly, I did a couple other teams for the area and the Pine Belt. The way that our station did it, we – Alternated between West Jones, South Jones, Northeast Jones, and a little bit of Laurel as well. Yeah. But uh, we did primarily baseball. They covered some football. Uh, I was not the lead play-by-play voice. Luke Johnson, okay. another guy down there, former uh, Southern Miss player, both a punter and a baseball player yeah. in the high school ranks. Yeah. But uh, he covered the play-by-play during football season, but he was my color guy during the state championship for baseball. So we Very like to cool. trade out. and. I ended up being the winner in a state championship. West Jones lost the football one, so yeah, I don't. I won't take credit for that, but I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying, hey, take the victories where you can. What was that like to um, kind of be, you know, there and with West Jones and see them win that state championship? One day is their first one, first one of the the big three boys sports. Okay, football, basketball, or baseball. And so, not only is it a cool moment just to be in a state championship and be a part of a team broadcasting. But it's also cool to almost feel like you're a part of that West Jones lore that's going to go on for a few years yeah. until the next state championship and beyond. Uh, it's just cool to get to experience that, to experience the the fans and all the players and relationships that have been developed in my first year doing it for them. And it's kind of like Jim Ellis in one of his first years doing broadcasting for state. They would go to Omaha. Yeah, right. That's right. Very cool. So you're, you're getting a lot of postseason baseball in. But you and your family, you've been coming to the SEC tournament here in Hoover for a long time, haven't you? been coming since that championship game in 2005. And after that, uh, there are veers. Yeah. And on the Tuesday after Memorial Day, 8 o'clock, boom, the phone lines open and they get cram jam packed yeah. out there trying to get their spots reserved. Everybody and their mama is calling for the same people. Sure. And uh, came every year that we could that state was playing. Years that we weren't in the tournament, well, we just rescheduled that weekend to go to the beach or something. Uh-huh. But most of the time we would come down here, and uh, it was a whole lot of fun going on in that RV park. And I told you uh, before we came on that we had a bunch of breakfast items laid out. Oh, I wish yeah. you could have come through, Hey, man. Roger, listen to this, Roger. All right, All so right. his family is out here today, here on uh, Wednesday, day two of the SEC tournament. Got the RV out in the parking lot. And they were they, they fixed this big spread of food this morning. What was it again that y'all had? Started off, got a guy running the griddle, has bacon going. Okay. Got ba- another person doing a buttermilk pancakes. I'm keeping the bees going here. <laughs> and then finally, beignets. <laughs> bacon, buttermilk pancakes, and beignets. And beignets. Yeah. Boy, can you imagine what a bacon butter beignet would be like? If you could put... Uh, a bacon pancake beignet, like all yeah. in one, you'd ha- you'd really you could sell it. I tell you on what, a stick. <laughs> on a stick, <laughs> Jose Jalapeno on there. Yeah, and sell it at a gas station. You'd make a million dollars. Caleb Hamill with me here, live in Hoover at the SEC baseball tournament day two. Just as we were talking, the Ole Miss team bus uh, came down the drive. If if I could kind of help you picture where we are and what our perspective is. Well, well, number one, you can check my Twitter feed. I'm Radio Wyatt on Twitter. And before the show, I posted a little video there. You could kind of see our vantage point. We're on a third level of the press box, which is up the first baseline. All right, So just about where the dirt meets the outfield grass behind first base is kind of what we're even with. Okay, So we're up here, 
And so our vantage point is way up high, way out beyond left field and the left field bullpen, which is the, uh, I guess it would be the visiting bullpen. And there's a parking lot out there. And so you can see a full view of the road coming in on that side, on the third base side of the stadium. And so as this first game's going on, Ole Miss going to play next, and that's the Ole Miss bus came down the drive there, uh, led by a police escort. And so they came into that parking lot, Caleb. And um, I'm assuming that's because they're going to be the visiting team for their game against Arkansas. They'll be the lower seed. So their bus came in that way, and they're parking out beyond left field, and they'll walk in down that side and use that. Yesterday, the home team, home team's here coming on the first base side, mm-hmm. which is you'll see the big team buses basically parked. Right there at the entrance. At where the fans come in. Right. That's one of the things that's cool about this event. I was noticing that as I came in uh, this morning. It was, I got here really early. And so it was really before the teams were even here. And, but, all you know, it's open. Fans can come in. Well, the batting tunnels that the home team will use, like the college, like Jake Mangum will be mm-hmm. in this batting tunnel right here below us at some point. There were kids in there throwing each other BP, you know. Like, <laughs> you can stand right there next to the batting tunnel and watch these SEC players take BP when you walk in. When the game's over, like yesterday, Mike Bianco and his team walked out of the stadium right up through the, the bleachers, basically. Every year they do that. They go right through next to the main entrance and into the parking lot where their fans are just walking up going, hey, congrats, boys. Congrats on the – I mean, it's like it's, it's neat how – you have that interactive part of it, and the venue allows for that. Sports, I think, as a whole, are much more enjoyable, and you have a much better connection when fans get to interact with players yeah. in a game environment where it's relaxed. Right. You get to you think about Vic Schaefer's squad oh, yeah. with women's basketball. Those team players will stand around at the bottom of the stands and just talk and shake hands and hug necks of people for hours. Yeah. With you in the baseball tournament here. Players exit through the crowd, just like you said, up the stairs to where their bus is located. They'll take BP and the batting cages out here right by the entrance. You'll see people signing autographs right there by the dugouts throughout the pregame right. and warm-ups. It is, it is a fan's venue. Yeah, it really is. I agree with that. Yeah, um, you want to text the show, you can. It's 885-ESPN. As uh, we do the show here today live at the SEC Tournament in Hoover, and planning on being here the rest of the week, too. We'll kind of see how it goes. you got Ole Miss and State both playing today, one in the middle of the day, one tonight late. So it's going to be a fun afternoon and evening of baseball here at the tournament for everybody in the state of Mississippi. Uh, 885-ESPN. That's the text line. It's a 601 area code, 885-ESPN. If you prefer the number, it's 885-3776. Uh, Moose Dog text the show. And I'll just read it the way he wrote it. He said, a big strike zone in the Bear game yesterday. He said, last pitch was at least two balls off the plate. You know, I've heard some murmuring about that here. In recent years, they moved up the start time of the first game. You know, you were having four games a day. And the first game was starting at 1030, right? No, 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 no. It was starting later than that. And they moved it up. Um what, half an hour or so to start that first game. And it helped a little bit. But I can't help but wonder, in the early games, especially on day one, when you're trying to keep that schedule, 
game gets going a little lengthy, and at times does that strike zone widen because, frankly, you know you're going to play a bunch of baseball games after it. I have to wonder if that's a part of the equation. Conspiracy theories on the Matt Wyatt show. (laughs) I'm just saying. Like you said, I'm just saying. Uh, And, Moose Dog, I'm going to get to your question uh, about needing a strike zone tonight for State, too. That's interesting to me. Live from the SEC Tournament in Hoover, I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. Stick around. Rocky Mount John. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. The train, that feels like home. I'm not at home, though. Don't be fooled. <laughs> that train that normally makes its way onto this show is long. It's a long way from here. The Farm Bureau studio today is high above first base at Hoover Metropolitan Stadium in Hoover, Alabama. It's day two of the SEC Baseball Tournament. I'm Matt broadcasting live to you here in Hoover. Roger, uh, I thought about that train when I walked in here because on the I'm on the second row. On the front row to my left, the boys from WJOX in Birmingham are broadcasting their shows here today. Jocks. Jocks. And you remember – They consider us small, Mark. <laughs> well, I t- and they do a great job. They're great guys. And yeah, they are. Recently on one of their shows, uh, they had a three-man show in the in the mornings, and two of the guys were on vacation. So the one guy who was left <laughs> said, hey, could you do like an hour with me? So I did like an hour of Jock's Radio with, uh, um, with uh, Ryan Brown one morning, and I connected to him from my normal studio. And I did uh, forget to tell him ahead of time, hey, sometimes a train comes through here. <laughs> <laughs> so all the listeners in Birmingham got a jolt at some point when that train came blaring through there. I said, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, I'm down here in the low-rent district right on the train track, you know. Um, so I thought about you when I walked in, I saw them, and when you played that uh, that train soundtrack. Hey, speaking of playing stuff, listen to this. Listen to this uh, play-by-play call from uh, this is a radio broadcast of the West Jones 5A State Championship baseball game recently, uh, radio broadcast. The final two outs. There's a line, right field arranging over, diving, can't come up with it. Kelly falls, and it falls in front of him. Trying to get the runner out at second. They got the throw. It's on target. He's out. (laughs) Dickerson applies the tag, and a laser from Kelly gives the Mustangs two outs. What was so amazing was Kelly's glove fell off. His, he was on the ground. His glove fell off. He picks up the ball with no glove, fires it in. Dickerson applies it, and there is only one out away from the Mustangs being state champions. This crowd is alive. Quickly coming, the 2-2 pitch. Breaking ball, strike three. Called. The Mustangs are state champions. Saddle up, so-so. you got a state champion coming home. 33 years after their first appearance in a state championship, the Mustangs bring it home. As a former Mustang baseball player, can't tell you how awesome it is that they've won it. Trey Sutton comes back to his alma mater and wins a state championship. How about that? That was Roger, the play-by-play voice. 
Saddle up, so-so. Was Caleb Hamill sitting to my right? I'm here afraid that's going to be printed on T-shirts one day. <laughs> Saddle what, up, so so. What were you so excited about, man? <laughs> I don't know. It's, <laughs> probably probably something that I ate good. earlier that day. <laughs> that was great. But here's the thing, though, Roger. Right, you heard him right in the middle of me playing his clip of the last two outs of the state championship. He started laughing at himself. Why are you laughing, Caleb? Are you like the rest of us and you can't stand the sound of your own voice? I mean, sometimes. And, and <laughs> some people may say, no, you've just got a big ego. You like hearing the sound of your own voice. <laughs> now, I, I like to think that a play-by-play guys, in, in their truest form, guys like you know, Bart Gregory who was up here earlier, he mentioned it on Twitter earlier today, it's not about us. It's about the guys playing on the field. And it's about the audience that gets to listen to us. And sometimes I, I laugh at just how – Different my voice can sound and yeah, how yeah. over the top I could be a little bit there. But sure. Well, I enjoyed every bit of it. Yeah, well, that was a great call. Yeah, my hat's off to you. I think you got a bright future. And I just enjoy the excitement, you know, especially you, you, you hear the excitement. Uh, it's You can't fake it when a team's least, winning a state championship. Right, Roger? Yeah, and you're not doing the radio pukey guy. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Swinging a bass. <laughs> You know, there are so many minor league <laughs> broadcasters that if you turn them all on and line them up in like a, a radio-style police lineup, yeah. you could not tell the difference you couldn't in them. Tell. sound like a choir. Yeah. You put them all together. Hey, well, Roger, you may re- remember, you may have run into this guy at some point over the years. For a long time there uh, in Pearl, a guy named Kyle Tate uh, did the Mississippi Braves games on radio, but just a great guy. Uh, he doesn't do them anymore, but Kyle – has moved on. He's not doing that anymore, play-by-play. You know what he does now? He's like a, like literally a professional voiceover guy who does books on tape. He makes a living by speaking, just reading books into a microphone that they turn into the books on tape or, you know, the audible books that you can listen to via podcast. I've always thought that play-by-play. Well, I was going to say that I always thought that play-by-play guys probably did that in their off-season. Yeah. Between June and July. You know, some do. (laughs) He's turned it into a living, you know. And and here's the other thing, too. Recently, Kyle became Internet famous. Uh, about a year ago, they were going to do one of these gender reveals. You know, his wife's pregnant. They found out if it's going to be a boy or a girl. And they came up with a creative way to reveal to everyone whether it was a boy or a girl. And the reveal was they were going to video it with their phone. And she had a balloon filled with a powdery substance that was either pink or blue based on the gender of the baby. And she was going to toss that little small balloon up like BP, like batting practice. And Kyle, the husband, was going to take a baseball bat and hit it. And when he hit it, it was going to explode and either be pink or blue, and that's going to be the reveal. But it became Internet famous when she tossed it, and it wasn't a strike, sort of. It was kind of off. The little inside. And he took the pitch. <laughs> he did not swing, and the balloon landed on the driveway and went splat. And, there, and there's pink all over the driveway. <laughs> I've never realized that's who that was. <laughs> that's I never looked the at the name same of it. guy. That's the same guy. That thing went viral. Because he did not swing, he took the pitch because it wasn't a strike. And that's why Jake Gotro, whenever he had his little gender reveal at Duty Noble, he set that thing on a tee. Yeah, put it on a tee. No chance they can mess that one up. No chance. Uh, uh, Two things. Well, one thing. I'm going to tell you a quick story. And then, uh, Moose Dog, I'm coming to your question. we got another text on the text line about tonight's Mississippi State game, so that's coming up. Last night or yesterday during the uh, Auburn-Tennessee game, 
It was the last out of the game. Tennessee had a kid at bat trying to extend the game. They were down two runs. He needed to hit a home run basically to tie it up with two outs in the ninth. And I caught a foul ball. All right, so I'm sitting next to my dad over here kind of up the first baseline. And uh, we had another friend with us. And we're on the front row of the rail right in front of us of the upper tier. And right behind us was a group of LSU fans. So here comes a foul ball. It's coming right for us. I stand up. Just before it gets there, my dad, just like he has all my life, says, catch it, Matt. <laughs> you know, as if I'm not already going to try to catch it. And so I, right as the ball gets there, I go up with two hands, and boom, I make the catch, a two-handed catch. But in that upward motion of my arms knocked my iPhone 8, uh, oh. 8 Plus out of my shirt pocket oh. and onto the bleacher in front of me. Bang, pow, you know clang but i caught the ball so i catch it and everybody's clapping i turn around i give it to the guy behind me he was going to catch it if i didn't it's just you don't know you don't want to let it go and it hit somebody right and i say here you go take the ball and then he goes oh man is your phone all right and i, I picked up my phone i'm worried it's not cracked it's not broken they got screened down and so then i i held the phone up for everyone to see and everybody's like yeah i probably got a louder okay. reaction the baseball <laughs> yeah so These when I phones held, are like, uh, they're not cheap. Not at all. So when I held it up and said, the phone's okay, everybody goes, yeah. So we got a big cheer of it. So that was a fun moment. What See, kind of cover do you have on that thing? I need to know. Roger, I do not have a cover on it. Oh. Now, how lucky am I? Seriously. Yeah. My phone's commando, too. So Is it really? I feel you on that one. <laughs> yeah. It's dangerous to go around like that. That's how we roll, though, around here. The only other time in my life that I've had a foul ball come right to me. I was eight years old at an Atlanta Braves game, Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, sitting up behind the third base dugout a ways, and I had my glove with me. I was at the game with my dad and my uncle who lived in Georgia. A guy for the Houston Astros hits a foul ball. It's coming right to me. I'm definitely going to catch it, and just before it gets in my glove, the man in front of me reached his arm up and caught the baseball. I was very, very, very disappointed. And then within a couple of innings, the guy began to talk to me, he asked me, he said, how many games you come to? I said, oh, you know, just once every now and then. My uncle lives over here. And then he turned around and gave me the baseball. Ah, so I've always had it. Yeah, so I it still finally, would have been better to catch it. It would have been better, but 42 years old, I just caught my first foul ball at a baseball game. Pretty tickled with But that. with your dad. How about that? Yeah, that's right. And just before he gets there, he goes, catch it, Matt. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> thanks, Dad. All right. Um, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio remotely at the SEC Tournament in Hoover with you today, connected via C Spire. You can call me at any point on the Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison and Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the United States of America. They've been doing it better longer than anybody else. Call me on the Divinity phone, 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. The Divinity phone open to you all day. I don't know if I should say it. Um, what's the best way to say this? Uh, Texas A&M has yet to allow uh, a Georgia uh, base hit so far in the game, right? Sure. That's not too bad of a that's jinx. Not, not too ba- bad of a broadcast. Not too bad. <laughs> not yet, jinx anyway. Uh, that's what's going on right here. Um, <clears throat> over here on the text line, Caleb Hamill with me here. Caleb uh, Moose Dog texted and said, that state's going to need a big strike zone tonight. I think that's true. We don't know who's going to start. I imagine it's going to be 
uh, probably a Keegan James or a Brandon Smith. We'll find out a little later today. Maybe Our one of those t- pitch by committee days. Yes, you're exactly right. Hour two coming up. Parrish Alford going to join us here in Hoover. Talk about Ole Miss's win yesterday and look ahead to Arkansas. Y'all stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 